Welcome to What is Truth? The radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Now your hosts, doctor and pastor of Grace and Truth Church in Amherst, Michael Caesar, and co-host Johnny D. Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And welcome to another Sunday morning edition of the What Is Truth radio show. Here with you every Sunday, right at this time, 7 o'clock. And we hope you enjoy today's program. And if you want to listen to the old programs, we are sponsored by a little church. They're called Grace and Truth Church. All you got to do is go to their website, Grace and Truth Church. And spell out the and grace and truth church one long word dot org and you can hit the sermons tab and then hit youtube and you can listen to the old shows and uh, the panel here today we want to continue on the good studies we've been doing in the book in the new testament called the acts of the apostles and after the four gospels which is the life and the ministry and the uh, crucifixion and the resurrection of jesus christ and then the ascension of Jesus Christ in the first chapter of Acts. And he tells uh, his disciples that what they are to do is wait for the promise of the Father, which you've heard of me, and you'll receive power, and the Holy Ghost will come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth, because the job that God the Father wants is the church of Jesus Christ to be built. And going back to the Acts of the Apostles, it's a history book. Amen. And here we are looking at the history of the New Testament church for the first 40 years, has written by God himself. And he's shown us that uh, these men who saw the crucifixion and saw the resurrection and, and had their lives transformed by the knowledge and the faith of Jesus Christ, wanted to share and give that good news to others. That's called the gospel. Amen. Amen. And that's uh, Brother Mark and, and uh, Brother John are here. Mark Sassi and John Giuseppe are with me. And good morning. the gospel, when you think of the gospel, how do you think of it, Brother? Well, I try to keep it simple for people. So I, I tell them, you, you've heard of the gospel. People have heard that phrase and people talk about the gospel. Yeah. But you can actually, you can give out the gospel in five words. Christ died for our sins. There you go. And the longer version of that would be John 3.16, the gospel of John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the good news from God, from Almighty God, sure. that to the whole world. And sin is part of that message. So you've got the good news that God loved us, and you've got the bad news that we're sinners, but he provided a savior, Jesus Christ, to take away our sins by his blood. That's the gospel, the good news. And, and every one of these men that we're reading about in the book of the Acts of the Apostles, there's Peter and there's John and the men that are going forth with this good news are bringing it just like Jesus said. They started right in Jerusalem and, and they're coming back to the temple. And what I see here is God, the God of second chances. I mean, it was Jerusalem itself that it just uh, a few months ago had many of the people cry, crucify him, crucify him. Right. And uh, we, don't, we don't need him as our king and, and his blood be on us. And, and God is coming right back to them 
and giving them a second, a second chance. chance. A second right. chance. Gave Peter a second chance. Yep. Gave uh, one of the one of the thieves on the cross a second chance. That's right. Um, he gave is me a, a second, second chance. chance. I don't know about you. Second chance. Amen. <laughs> you know, yesterday when we were preaching, um, I just says, uh, you know, I said to people, you need to repent. And I thought repenting is, it's it's in today's terms, it's a do over. You get to you get to go ahead and say, okay, you could turn off this light, right? Biblically, we know, you yeah, die, you die with Christ, right? But but that's it. I mean, you could just, you could just you get a new fresh start, folks. A spiritual new fresh, fresh start. How many of you, don't tell me, I, the, the windows are open. I said, don't tell me nobody wants to do over. Yeah, you're preaching on the street corners and <laughs> yeah, the cars are passing the cars, and they're they, at the they, red light and you're preaching. Windows are yeah. down. I said, don't tell me you don't want to do over. <laughs> we all want to do over. You know, again, well, they it, say, imagine if you knew what you knew now when you were young. Okay. Yeah. And it's the same thing spiritually. Well, when you see the mess in the world, repentance is repentance towards God sure. and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're turning to goodness. That's what you're turning to. And yeah. when you see the evil and the darkness down here in this present evil world, how hard is it to turn to goodness? Yeah. You know, and again, it's, 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 it just comes down to God was right after all. Well, God's sure. way yeah. is right after all. Yeah, you know, you, you get up, you say, I'm a good person. You know, we all fought it, right? We fought it. And then when somebody, when somebody gave us the gospel and say, no, you know, I think the three of us come from the, maybe the same way. Yeah. You say, I'm a good person. I mean, I don't beat anybody up. I don't kill anybody. I'm just, I'm, why wouldn't God want me? And, you know, we go week after week on the show. And then I think by reading scripture and, and you realize, and you look at this world today and, and how it's wrong and how it's wrong in God's eyes, you say, his way is right after all. I mean, you know, it breaks you. It humbles you. In our local area, just yesterday, one of the talk shows, uh, it was the topic of conversation mm-hmm. for about two or three hours. And it was, they called it the God show about God. Mm-hmm. On local it, AM radio. Yeah. 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 And it, then now the thing is, uh, uh, there were many opinions about God, but how can we know the truth about God? I mean, this show is what is truth. How will we know the truth about God? The difference yeah. that we have that that show did not have and that show did not allow was the book we have over here and especially the words in red, the words of Jesus Christ. So I'm Jesus looking, said, you're looking, you got a holy Bible there. That's I see. right. That's, okay. That's right. Holy King James Bible. And, yeah. and, and, and Jesus tells us, you know, I'm the way, the truth and the life. Why, why would he, he always said the truth. He always said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. That's right. Jesus Christ is the truth. He's the word of God. He's the true word of God. Right. And, and you know, folks, if you listen to that show, I, a lot of people are saying, I don't understand this. How could God let this happen in this world? And all? You need to look in the mirror and check yourself. Okay. Well, do you know God? Because God doesn't hear the prayers if you're not one of his children. And you only could be one of his children by taking his son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. Yeah. Right. Well, it, it's nice to have answers to life questions. Amen. And it's it's nice to know true answers, true answers from Almighty God. Right. Not from not from Mister. Not to cut you up, brother. Not from Mister. So and So or Miss So and So or Miss So and So or Professor So and So. God. From one opinion to the next. God. Yeah. You know, this is the word of God. There is no one higher, and is nothing better. If I can just give one quick example of it, one of the biggest questions that float around that I've heard over the years is if God's good, then why does he let bad things happen? Mm-hmm. If God's good, then why is there things like cancer? Why do children get cancer? Right. right. Those kind of things. And I always tell them, I say, look, Psalm 33 is an easy answer to that. In Psalm 33, verse five, the Bible says he loveth this speaking of God. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. You know who created this earth? God did. 
and it's full of his goodness. All the natural things on planet Earth are good. God gave us many good things to provide for us. Mm-hmm. But where'd the bad stuff come from? From sin. We have made a mess of things down here. Sure. And because sin entered in since the Garden of Eden, there's been death and disease and so on and so forth. And, and, but you can still turn to God. You still turn to God. You bring up a good point. Since sin entered in, in the Garden of Eden, I mean, back in the book of Genesis. Yes. And you go back there and there's Adam and Eve. And in the second chapter, God uh, tells them, I've provided all these trees uh, freely for you. And uh, you may eat of any of them. There's just one tree. I want you to put it aside. Don't worry about it. Don't eat of that tree. And and what happens is when the devil comes to try and test and tempt Eve, the mistake she makes, the sin that she commits, sin entered into the world when she disbelieved the word of God. She didn't commit adultery. She didn't commit murder. Right. She didn't steal anything. She disbelieved God's a great word. Great point, Pastor. Great and point. So, and so the, the, the sin that I was guilty of was great point. If, if not, not giving any place for God's word in my life. I'm reading Amen. the newspaper, reading the magazine, reading my textbooks, reading a novel, but not reading God's word. And to know the truth about God, we've got to come to God's word and believe what God said Amen. about himself and, and in his revelation. Ask, ask yeah. all the time. Picture it this way, uh, listener, is that somebody, you know, we were created perfect. And, and we were told we were not good, very good, very, very good, very good, very good. good. But, but, um, we were told not to eat a tree. Don't open that door. Why? Don't open that door. You're going to let a lot of, you're going to let cancer in. You're going to let evil in. You're going to let, um, uh, uh, COVID in. I'm just saying, and somebody, man, went and opened that door. Pandora's box. That's right. And now we're here. And and God (laughs) says, all right, you want to live this way? And and, and he, he, you know, you turn your back on me, I turn my back on you, but I'll give you one, I'll, I'll give you grace for you if you want to get out. And, and, and you sinned, and it has to be, somebody has to die for this sin, and the person that could die for all sin is me. Is the Lord and Jesus my blood, Christ, God, right? and manifest Jesus, in the flesh. In the flesh, as yeah. Jesus Christ. And that's why spiritually, so when you listen into this, and you look around and you see all this evil and whatnot, we did it. He, he, this was not the plan. But he gives us an out. <laughs> this is plan B, which is why we have a Bible for yes. plan B. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, we're here in Acts chapter six. Yes. And in the beginning of this chapter, uh, the Bible says, Acts chapter six, verse one, it says, and in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve, that would be the apostles, the twelve, called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And then that's the end of that first paragraph. So what's happening here in those days, we're in the beginning of the building of the church by the disciples and the apostles of Jesus. And they've been preaching in Jerusalem. And and in this region, the church, which is the the born again children of God, that's how you become a member of, of the church. I Amen. was reading a passage that the Apostle Paul 
wrote in the book of um, Galatians. And in chapter three, he was explaining to the church in Galatia, uh, we had the law. The law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. And verse 26, and ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. And so uh, here's the church. They've been at the end of chapter five. They've been teaching and preaching Jesus. They've been going on the streets. They've been going to various houses in Jerusalem. And in those days, I don't know how many days, maybe a year, the number of disciples and believers in Jesus Christ is growing. Amen. And and as it's growing, there are, and I think the number one mission of the church is a spiritual mission. Yes. Because the number one need from God's standpoint is a spiritual need. He's looking at people. God with x-ray vision can see the souls of men. And he said in Isaiah, I look at the souls and some of them are crimson and they're red. They're like blood. They're like scarlet. But if you come to me, I'll make them white as snow. He wants to clean souls. Amen. And so the, the real work of the church in those days was teaching and preaching and praying and, and getting truth to people's souls, getting souls cleansed as they believe in Jesus, and then gathering together in prayer and thinking, how can we get someone else saved and go out there and tell them? And, so, and have their name written in the Lamb's Book of Life up in heaven now, for, for all eternity. Now, the truth of the matter is you get people together. People, in addition, to have souls got a body. Right. And the bodies, you know, like have some physical needs, you know, I need, need a glass of water here. I might need something to eat there. And what's happening here in Jerusalem is for the first time in maybe 1400 years, you've got Hebrews and they called them Grecians, meaning Gentiles. Yes. Mm-hmm. Coming together in the same assembly. That wasn't done in the Old Testament. No, no. they separated themselves. The yeah. Jews were told by God to separate themselves. Yeah. Right. And so they were used to having their own customs and their own ways, and they would stay separate. And they still see that today. You can find that in New York City. Right, John? Yeah. 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 Certainly can. And it says there arose a murmuring yeah. of the Grecians against the Hebrews because the widows of the Grecians were being neglected in the daily ministration that would be, you know, giving out stuff to them. A little help, bit of favoritism was going on. We're in Jerusalem. It's mostly Jewish. A lot of Jewish people getting saved. Some Gentiles and Grecians are getting saved. But you still we don't, have your flesh. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You still have your flesh. And I and and that's why when people hear about the uh, born-again Christian, saved Christian, right away people roll their eyes. They think... Oh, the holy rolls is you know self righteous and you know and 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 whatnot. Again, we still are people. Yes, we still have the lust of the flesh, but we we try to have it in control. It's the spirit, sure, that we have. It's the and spirit that God's interested. That we ought to walk soul. in the spirit. We have to walk in the spirit, and and sometimes it's hard. Yeah, but the thing is, you're talking about righteous self righteousness. Mm-hmm. The the truth of the matter, any Christian who is born again and has put their faith in Jesus Christ, knows their righteousness is of Christ. Is of yes. Christ. I mean, it's not our righteousness. I'm, I'm looking at two guys that preach on the streets. I'm looking at two guys that witness to people, pass out tracks. I'm looking at, and there's a third guy I'm looking at over there. Huh? And, and, and come to church regularly and pray and read the Bible and even give money in the collection box for the ministration of other people like the orphans and the people we take care of. But... None of you would, and those are good things you're doing, but none of you would proclaim your righteousness. No, no. no it's not, his not righteousness, Romans. Romans chapter three. Not a right. It's God's righteousness. Right. You need yeah. you need his 
perfection, his holiness, in order to get to a heaven that uh, a place called heaven that's holy. Yeah. Yeah, where no sin entereth therein. So, so th- what's happening is, and I'm, I'm thinking about neglected in the administration, in the daily administration. I would imagine that probably what was happening is, okay, we're going to feed uh, the widows today, and um, we'll take care of the Jewish widows first because they've been at the uh, temple for the last 30 years, and these Grecians have just come for the last three weeks. I mean, they're just getting saved. Yeah. So we'll give a priority, that type of a thing. And probably... The, the 12 said, you know, we need some help in serving these tables. We don't have enough servants. So right. one of the things we're going to see in this chapter is that the pastors and the apostles, they can't do all the work. There are physical needs around the church and Amen. they need helpers. Amen. And, and and this murmuring that arose, it has to remind you of back in the Old Testament, Numbers chapter 11, oh, there yeah, was yeah. murmuring against God and against Moses. And those people died that murmured. Yeah. And the, in those, this, yeah, those people murmured against God's word. Yes. That was a, that was a big yes. mistake. Yes. These and folks this are kind of different. murmuring about some physical things here. And, and, and they, you know, the, the apostles get together yes. and they, they work this out and it shows that it can be worked out. And it's an example for us that things that come as a conflict can be worked out. I, I think of it this way. I've, I've run into so many people that I ask them sometimes if I find out they're born-again Christian. I say, well, where do you go to church? Well, when I go to church, I go to such and such or this place or that place. And so I found that there's you know some of these people that have been offended in church and they become a lone wolf Christian and sure. they're off by themselves and they might stop in at a church once in a while. Right. Right. To cause but, havoc. But the Bible says that we should not uh, keep forsake, forsake the assembling, assembling of ourselves right. together. Right. Yes. And so we ought to do that. And and also, I think it's in Ephesians where God desires he, unity, right? Sure. Unity absolutely. of the faith and unity of the body. God wants he, unity. And I see all through the Bible and especially, Mike, in, um, in Proverbs that, you know, again, this politically correct, there are people that have gifts to do certain things that other people don't. Okay. And the flesh gets jealous sometimes. It's it's almost as if we're painting our church and and let's say one of you, one of your brothers is a, a great painter, mm-hmm. right? But you give him or her the job to uh, clean the rugs instead of doing what they could do really, really well. Yeah. You know, I think God shows over you, they're gonna be people, you gotta put the right people in the right positions. And I think I, 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 I smile a little bit because I think the two, there's a little tongue in cheek over here. It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Okay, and, and I, that's verse two. Yes. This is the apostles saying it. In other yes. words, there are some physical needs around this church, but God's priority for us is the spiritual needs exactly. of the church. Now, however, when we do pick the people that are going to do the physical work, verse three, could have been written like this. Wherefore, look out from among you seven men who've worked in a restaurant before, who know how to serve tables. They've Amen. been bus boys. They've been waiters. They've done those type of things. Amen. But that's not the, the stuff that God's looking for. It isn't so much the natural ability. He says, look out seven men full of the Holy Ghost Amen. and, and Number wisdom. One. What type of wisdom? Well, he means the wisdom from the scriptures, Amen. people that are devoted to God's word, people that are uh, faithful men, they're honest report. I, I need what God is looking for is a people that are trying to walk like God's son, Jesus did. Amen. 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 Now, John, you just said, as an example, what if somebody is either about to paint the walls inside the church or, you know, clean the carpet inside the church or whatever? 
when you're when you're asked to do such a thing and and the need is there and let's say you get bothered because you say well i would be much better at doing that than this other guy right right you know it's wise to consider that a test Yes, it, it, it's a test. These men were tested and they were found to be of honest report. The, they were tested. They were found to be full of the Holy Ghost. What's that? Well, back in Acts chapter four, verse 31, when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they what did they do? They spake the word of God with boldness. That's right. So I guess these guys were bold if That's they right. were if they were full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, which is the wisdom of the word of God. And, and the, the other God. thing it and speaks the Lord. about them in verse five is um, the saying pleased the multitude and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith. Amen. The other thing they wanted was faithfulness. Now, now, what does that mean? Well, of course, obviously, the greatest faith is faith toward the Word of God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. I get that. But on a daily basis, I need faithfulness. For example, John, I know you ran a small company for a while there, and and uh, you hired employees. Mm-hmm. Now, what if you had employees that, you know, I may be here Tuesday, I may not. I'll be here maybe on Thursday, I may not. Right. I mean, I can't be faithful to showing up to the job. What good is that? Right, right, right. And then you have that person, and then you have the person you could you could believe in. You know they'll be there. Trust. Through tr- you could trust. Yeah. And th- there's just levels. And and, and again, and another word here I to use. I think that's kind of honest report. Yep. And they're full of wisdom. And we all know that the, the the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So you have yourself some rock solid individuals over here. That's a good thing. The wisdom, the fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So here's another thing these men can be doing. When, when they were asked and they gave the names, there was a guy named Stephen, a guy named Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, uh, Nicholas. All these men are, are listed in verse 5 that I'm sure the apostles prayed about it. I'm sure they asked the men and then the men said, I, I, let me pray about it. Yes, I want to do it. Uh, count me in. Deal mm-hmm. me in. I'm going to do this. Uh, now, what they needed was uh, knowing that these people are going to show up and do the job because hey, the church is meeting every week. We, we need someone that's going to be steadfast and continue in it. And I'm thinking these men may have said, well, I'm just you know, taking care of this table here, feeding this little old Jewish lady. I'm just taking care of this little old lady here. She's a Gentile, but she's been faithful to the Lord. He says, but I'm not just doing it to them. I'm doing it to the Lord. Amen. Amen. My faith is I'm looking upward as I'm doing it. And I, I notice in verse two or verse one and verse two, it mentions disciples. And then again, it mentions disciples. It's not mentioning believers. It's not just the fact that they're born again believers. These are actually disciples. And you find the definition back in the Gospel of John chapter eight, where Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. OK, and so in order to be a disciple, you have to be in the word of God. And continue in it. And like that walk, last word. In it. Indeed. Indeed. You'll Indeed. actually do some things. You'll, yeah. there, there'll be some deeds that will follow. You know, the disciple is the root word of discipline. Amen. Yeah. You couldn't be, John, I remember uh, when you were younger, you were a boxer, golden gloves. Mm-hmm. You couldn't be a good boxer if you didn't show up at the gym and work no. and do your workouts and do your exercise. I mean, you've no. got to be disciplined about Dis- it. Discipline. Discipline is, discipline is the key yeah. to everything. Balance in life is the key. And discipline is good. Discipline, and you could have a discipline to read your Bible as a Christian, to sure. make sure you know it, and sure. to consider the things that we were talking about. And then you can be a disciple. And then you can be a disciple. And, and you, we talk, too. I mean, this, we, even today, there's saved Christians. And Mike, it, I know it, you speak of them all the time. There's churches around here, and these people, they're really saved. Yeah, absolutely. But they're not disciples. They're not the same. They're nice people. <laughs> 
they're saved, but they, you know, they, um, they go, they go home and they, they're good at work and all that kind of stuff. But, the, but what are you really doing for the Lord? He made it very simple. Uh, you know, on the street, street the other day and I says, you know, I'm out here, I tell people I'm out here street preaching. Why? Is because I says, I says, I don't get paid for this, right. but somebody paid for me to be able to do this Amen. and I have a debt That's right. Amen. and I have a, a desire to, to serve. I says, and the Lord says, go ye out in all the world and give the gospel to every creature. There you go. Amen. All right. Yep. And, and that's, and that's what you're doing. But, but if, if you're, if you're going home and, and, and you're nice, and I, I think for a while I was like that in my young life, I became, cause I was still trying to learn, but, um, but I, I was a Christian, but I kind of grown into a disciple. Sure. You know, with, with, with the way things, the things uh, are, but you even, to, even in the old world, the boxing world, you, you couldn't be a disciple at f- a, a boxer at five or seven or no. 12, you had to grow no, into you, it. You There's grow, a growth sure. process. You, you grow into it. You grow into it. And, and you don't, and you don't step into, in, into the ring for the golden gloves for your first fight. <laughs> you, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't do that. Right. And, uh, and it's all about, and it's all about, again, you know, the quote, it's, it's not about, you look at all sports, if you want to use the analogy, it's not about the Super Bowl. It's not about the game. It's not about the bout. It's about what you put into it when nobody's looking. Right. When, when, when there's nobody, there's nobody cheering you on or anything. When you get up in the morning and it's cold out, do I want to do my road work or do I not want to do my road work? All right. Yeah. And there was sometimes I took a beating because I didn't take my, into my road work, yeah. you know, but, but, um, but again, it, it, there's a difference between a, 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 a disciple. And I think what you're starting to see here is what the Lord sees um, and, and, and how there's, there's those that do, or you can sit back and murmur. Well, well uh, end of verse one, the last two words, daily ministration, daily ministration. There's, there's ministry to be done every day. Amen. I mean, this is a, every day is a new day. The mercies of the Lord are no, this is a, a, the day that the Lord hath made. He wants us to rejoice and be glad in it. And the only way we can do it is if we get disciplined and look at our faith as a daily thing. It's just not a Sunday or a once a week thing. Amen. Amen. It's, a, it's a daily thing. Now, when these disciples did what they did, uh, verse seven, the word of God increased and the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly and a great company of the priests were obedient to the to the faith of jesus christ and I, I thought this was interesting the disciples are doing their work and the number of disciples multiplied someone was saying to me that we reproduce after our kind yes a disciple will reproduce disciples mm-hmm. well and, a disciple is someone who's in the word yes right and indeed, and so then disciples encourage other people to spend time in the Word Absolutely. of God, because then you can actually really reach out to people with the gospel. You can actually reach out to people and give them a helping hand. Uh, do we have time for a couple of listings? Go right ahead. Okay. I found here that uh, Pastor Sam Gipp had made a list of the requirements or qualifications for a deacon. Okay. And you find it here, some of them in Acts chapter 6, and you find some also in First uh, Timothy Correct. chapter 3, yep. which comes later later in history. But anyways, a deacon must be, number one, of honest report. You find that Acts 6. Yep. Must be full of the Holy Ghost, which indicates boldness. That's right there in Acts 4. And uh, a deacon must be full of wisdom, according to Acts 6. He must be grave, according to 1 Timothy 3.8. Grave meaning grave-minded. Serious about it, yeah. Yes, thank you. Number five, he must not be double-tongued according to first Timothy. So if he says something, it ought to be evident in the way he behaves. He shouldn't say one thing and do another. Amen. 
And then he must not be given to much wine. You find that in 1 Timothy 3. He must not be greedy of filthy lucre, 1 Timothy 3. This is all for someone serving physical things in the church. He must hold the mystery of faith with a pure conscience, according to 1 Timothy 3. So he's holding faith and he has a pure conscience. He's, his conscience is pure. He's been giving out the gospel. He's uh, doing what he ought, that kind of thing. Uh, he must be the husband of one wife. He must rule his wife and children well. So those are all the qualifications for a deacon to handle physical things in the church. But then it also mentions a couple of things about the deacon's wife. She must be grave and not a slanderer, sober and faithful in all things. Well, yeah. Well, why don't we continue this on the on the after the station break? We're gonna have a little station break with you on the What Is Truth, the radio show. We'd like you to stick around for the second half. We want to see how God is building His church using regular people who've put their faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll be right back in a moment. What is truth? What is truth? Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. Welcome back to the second half of our program. We've been uh, looking at how God is building the early church. And by the way, I would say, uh, brothers, the same thing that God did in the first century is what he'd like to do with us in the 21st century. Amen. The Bible says at one point he was talking to Isaiah, he said, I am the Lord, I change not. I Amen. mean, I'm not kind of moving with the times. I'm the eternal ancient of days. I, 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 God, do things the right way and only the right way and always the faithful and always the good way. And so he wants to build the same way. And here he is. Uh, you've got the pastors of the church, the apostles, and they said, let's get some regular attenders here that want to be disciples and they they want to pray about it, and we want to put them into the labor of the work of building people up. And, and boy, it worked great. The word of God increased. Now, you are noticing that although the word deacon is not used here, this is what's being described. Yes. And so in a later portion of the Bible, the Apostle Paul, taking a look at this, begins to describe who these people are. Uh, deacons, uh, people that uh, are willing to come to church on a regular basis and are willing to serve in the church, not just to sit in the pews, but actually get up and, and walk in faith yes. around the building and do things that are need to be done. Uh, brother, you know where that list is? Uh, in First Timothy chapter, chapter 3, three, verse 8, around there. Uh, yeah. Yep. I just turned to the wrong book. I somehow I ended up in Thessalonians. <laughs> so First Timothy chapter 3, verse 8. Uh, the Bible says, likewise, must the deacons be grave, not double tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre, holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. And let these also first be proved, kind of like I said, a test earlier. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, then let them use the office of a deacon being yeah. found blameless. And then it goes on, verse 11 in 1 Timothy 3, even so must their wives be grave, not slanderers, sober, faithful in all things. Let the deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children in their own houses well. Uh, for they that have used the office of a deacon well purchase to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. So 
He gives these qualifications, and if you fit those qualifications, then you can be a good deacon. A good deacon doesn't matter if you're a good painter yeah. or a good rug cleaner, but you have to be found faithful and, and those all those listing things. And then the wife is the supporter, right? Mm-hmm. She's the helpmeet. And if the wife is able to do her part, then everything all fits together. I, I found one thing interesting. Pastor Sam Gipp, he said that when he first became a pastor and he was pastor of a small church, there were three deacons in the small church and they gathered together. And he says, look, the one guy who was good at plumbing and stuff, he says, I would like you to take care of all everything inside the church. And the guy says, I'm willing to do that. I'm, I have the ability. I'll take care of everything inside. And the other guy, he says, can you take care of the grounds outside and take care of anything exterior outside? And the guy says, absolutely, I'll do whatever. And the third guy says, well, what do you want me to do? And Pastor Gibbs says, well, it's not that big of a place. It's a small church. It's a small building. We got the inside covered. We got the outside covered. But we're missing one really important thing, and I want you to take it seriously. Don't put this lightly. I want you to pray for the pastor 15 minutes every day, seven days a week, without fail. And pray that everything, that the Lord handles everything and everything goes smooth. And he said that they never had a problem. <laughs> so you gave Amen. him a spiritual duty. Amen. 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 To, to, Amen. Now, Amen. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, but just my, the, you talk about your growth at, in, in your walk with, with, with the Lord. When I when I first was was introduced to Scripture and on fire, and you're looking for all those things, uh, the parables of Jesus that you might have heard about, right. you know, the uh, the the wayward son, and and uh, of course the birth, and and uh, anything that you might have seen on TV, you know, with Jeffrey Hunter movies. <laughs> okay. I, you know, but then then you start looking, and and in the beginning, in my uh, listener, I would look at this begin the first part of this chapter, uh, quite mundane. You know, it's not a whole lot going on. Not a whole lot going on. I mean, yeah. it's almost like when you're various young, you sundry yeah, duties. You go through yeah. a book. You want to get to the. You want to get to the juicy parts, meat. right? Yeah, yeah. But then, as I as, as I matured as a Christian as a man, um, I realized he's got it all covered. This book's got it all covered. Yes, it answers. And then you start applying. I was blessed to be in business, and you know, you start using these principles. The the people that you select to be in positions of, of authority or positions of, of decision-making. And these little things, the Lord tells you, I mean, you know, again, and, and I'm sorry, it might not be politically correct, but if, you got, if you've got somebody that you're going to give a lot of responsibility for, but they can't control their own household. Right. Right? You got, you got it. You can never mention it, but you got you to weigh those things. You got to say, yeah, you know, how solid... You know, the other, the other person, the other guy or girl, they might not look as glamorous. And I'm not talking about physically, okay? But they're solid. And, but and they're solid. And so and a the, book from 2,000 years ago works oh, today. It works today. And if churches would follow this, churches would have peace. If, if people would follow it. If you built, look, we built, our founding fathers, as hard and difficult it had to be, they tried to build this nation on this book. Yes. And they did and, and they did a, they did a darn good job in the beginning. Early okay? on, yeah. Because they had a lot of opposition as well. But they did a darn good job to do a nation. Yeah. All right. And it's and now we're away from this book. Oh fuck. And, and we're seeing this nation fall apart. Sure. Uh, you listen, you don't want to put that together? You don't, you don't want to put that together. But when you if you have an understanding, this is why I said if you had a do-over physically, which you could have a do-over, and we will in the millennium. But if physically we could have a do-over, I'd raise my family differently. Amen. All right. Um, I would, I would, um, my early career would have been different with the things that I've implemented later in my life. And, um, so, so in, in, in the spiritual realm, in the physical realm, 
this book has, it's an instruction book. It's, it's wisdom. It's wisdom. It's yeah. for, for, it's all, wisdom. for all things. And people so, somebody, are taken with it. Somebody said it's an acronym, B-I-B-L-E. Yeah. Basic instruction before leaving yeah. earth. And okay, amen. these are our basic instructions. Okay, amen. Well, let's let's continue on a little bit. So, verse five down to nine, the Bible says in Acts six, it says, "And and the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch." whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. And as we look through there, I notice that uh, you see the first, well, first of all, there's seven men, Okay, and they fit the qualifications. And right now, for the book First Timothy hadn't been written yet. Correct. So they're meeting the qualifications that we find here in Acts 6. And anyways, so you've got seven. Seven is the number of completion through the Bible. You see that in like seven days in a week, yep. like creation. Yep. And uh, you see uh, the first mention of the word Antioch at the end of verse 5. Nicholas he was from Antioch. He was and a Gentile. He was yes. a proselyte. And he was also a disciple of the word of God. Yes. And mm -hmm. so that's a good mention of the word Antioch. But when you get down, uh, and by the way, you had pointed out too, like Stephen in verse 80 is full of faith, full of faith and power, right? It, it, it's interesting. I mean, how do you get faith? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Sure. If you're going to serve God, if you're going to please God, if you're going to do something for God, you got to be in the word yes. of God. And so then, and, and, and when you do that, Paul later told Timothy that gives you uh, uh, power and love and a sound mind. Amen. Uh, it gives you the spiritual power to stand for your faith and and proclaim that faith. It gives you the love of souls that you want to share that faith, mm -hmm. and it gives you the sound mind that you can answer the questions they have about that faith. That all comes from the Word of God. That is interesting mm -hmm. because the verse you're referring to says we are not of fear, yeah. right? And so fear is the, the spirit opposite. of fear. We are yes. not of the spirit of fear. Yeah. And so fear is the opposite of all yeah. those things. And and then here going on in verse nine, I'm just going to read to the end and then we can cover everything. Mm -hmm. But in verse nine, it says, then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines and Cyrenians and Alexandrians and of them of Cilicia and of Asia disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Yes. Then they suborned men, which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes. And they came upon him and they caught him and they brought him to the council. And they set up false witnesses, which said, This man ceaseth not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. And all that sat in the council looking steadfastly on him saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. And that's how the chapter ends. 
And there's, there's a bunch of stuff there, but the first mention I want to say is that in the end of verse 5, we see a very good mention, the very first mention of Antioch. Yes, in the first mention in the New Testament, and it's done in a positive light in, a, in, a, in the very verse, and it's in verse 5. Yes. And 5 is like the number of grace in the Bible, and we see in there, we see faith, we see the Holy Ghost, I mean, we see uh, the multitude being pleased by the work these men are doing. So this is, it's a good verse uh, a highlight verse there, through, all through and, and it's through. mentioned right in there. Yeah. All the four, the seven men are good men, and this particular city is a good city. Amen. First time mentioned in the New Testament. And the contrast to that is verse nine. Yes, and verse nine it mentions about the synagogue of the Libertines, which is like the liberals. Yep, right. Yep. And the Cyrenians and the Alexandrians. Now, Alexandria that was a city in Egypt, correct? And that city had a very dry climate, and that's where they had a big ancient secular library of the ancient world, and they kept scrolls and parchments and all that there because they wouldn't be moldy and destroyed because of the climate. And, and it was noted for philosophers. Exactly. A school of philosophy, yes. And philosophy went against God's ways. Well, well Paul later on would write to another little church in, in Colossae, and he would tell them, um, listen, I, I, would, I want you to know and I want your hearts to be comforted and knitted together in love and in full assurance of the mystery of God and the Father and of Jesus Christ in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom. Uh, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him, be rooted and built up in him, be established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding with thanksgiving and beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men and the rudiments of the world and not after Christ, because in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. You're complete in him. So the warning is, you want your wisdom. You go to the one that said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Amen. I am the truth. I am faithful and true. And he's saying the, the works of the world this world is contrary to God. I mean, the Apostle John would write, um, let, me, let me just quote it to you because I'm, I'm not great at memorizing, but I know where the verses are. Love not the world, Amen. neither the things that are in the world. All that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the pride of higher education and all these degrees. And it's not of the Father, it's of the world. And the world will pass away and all the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God and becomes a child of God, abideth forever. So the warning is, you can't trust philosophy. I mean, you go back to Alexandria and the and the philosophers that were rooted there. There was Aristotle, Socrates, uh, Plato. Yes. All their works were there. All these people studied there. They argued with one another. They fought with one another. They had different ways of looking at the world. There was diversity instead of the unity of yes. the faith. Yes. And and so God, like you say, he gives a warning. Don't follow yeah. after men's philosophy. Follow after my word, which comes from above, from yes. heaven. Amen. Right? Amen. It's not earthly. It's heavenly, the yes. word of God. And so what is the contrast here between Antioch and Alexandria is that if you look back in history from Bible history, yes. where did the Bible come from? You'll find that the manuscripts and the parchments and the scrolls that existed over the last few thousand years, the received text 
and and much of the Bible scraps from history came from Antioch. The majority text, Correct. like ninety seven or ninety eight percent. Yes, but a few scraps came from Alexandria. And Alexandria is in Egypt. All through the Bible, you see Egypt mentioned as a bad place. Right, sure. God gave judgment unto Egypt after Pharaoh and all that. And, and so w- when you consider new modern English Bibles, yes. and there's about 400 different modern English Bibles, maybe 450, whatever, all these different modern Bibles that turn t- people turn to, I turned to one when I, I first started too, going to the Bible first one I because had, yeah. I was told this big statement that it's easier to read. Yes. Don't go to the King James Bible because these modern ones are easier to read. Well, the modern right. ones, all of their manuscripts come from Alexandria. Alexandria. All of them. And the, the the King James Bible, the manuscript comes from Antioch. Antioch. And later in the book of, I think it's Acts 11, Acts they 11, were first called Christians. 26. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were first called Christians in Antioch. Yes. What does it, that tell you? It, I'll just, it, it, the, here's that passage. We'll, we'll jump ahead for a minute. The tidings came to the church in Jerusalem and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go to Antioch. And Barnabas, when he came and he saw the grace of God was glad and he exhorted them of Antioch that with purpose of heart, they should cleave to the Lord. And Barnabas was a good man. He was full of the Holy Ghost and faith. Again, another good deacon here uh, serving the Lord. And much people was added to the Lord and people were saved. And then departed Barnabas to Tarsus to seek for Saul. That's the apostle Paul, Saul of Mm -hmm. Tarsus. And he, uh, Barnabas, found him and brought him to Antioch. And they assembled there a whole year with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. That's Amen. Acts eleven twenty six. I mean, these were these men were full of faith. They were reading the Bible. They were praying. They were going out in the streets and telling people about Jesus Christ. And and people looked at them and said, "They're different than anyone else. They're different than the Jews. They're different than the Greeks. They're they're Christians. They're like Jesus Christ." Amen. Amen. And the reason I bring this up is because you see right there in Acts eleven, the foundation of the church was from Antioch. Yes. Okay. And the foundation of the Word of God gathering together is in Antioch. And in the first nine verses of Acts chapter six, which is what we're studying today and yes. looking at, you only have to go through the first nine verses, and you see a major contrast between the goodness of Antioch and the bad part of Alexandria with the liberals that were there, the libertines, and they were disputing with Stephen, but they couldn't resist his wisdom and they couldn't resist the spirit by which he spake. Jesus had promised that at one point. He he told them back in Luke chapter 21, he said, "Uh, settle it in your hearts. Uh, when you're brought before, you're gonna. They're gonna lay hands on you. They're gonna persecute. You. They're, they're gonna deliver you to the synagogues. They're gonna throw you into prison. He's talking to his disciples. You're gonna be brought forth before kings and rulers for my name's sake. Uh, I will give you a mouth. At that time, you don't have to meditate. I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. Amen. And so, w- what we're learning too is in the building of the church. Although Jesus is using here Stephen and Philip and Procurus and Nicanor, Jesus is with them. I will not leave you nor forsake you. He's right there in spirit and he's he's ministering to their minds and showing them what to say. And and they could not resist the wisdom that was given by Stephen. 
Amen. It was not philosophy. And no, because it's truth. Amen. And the thing about truth, it's like a straight line. Yes. It, it doesn't waver. It's not like a crooked stick that goes back and forth on the one hand, this on the other hand, this, it just goes straight forward and simple truth. Two and two is four. You can't argue with that. Amen. I got a, a two cups here and two water bottles there. Count them up. I got four. That's it. And spiritual truth is, is uh, universal. It's absolute. It's knowable. It's unchanging. And it's in our hand. And it's in, right. in a King James Bible. And, and it causes, and we experienced this yesterday a little bit, right? So, And it causes men and women to just do things like what they did right after that. They put a group together and they stirred them up and they... And they put words in their mouth and, and uh, you know, then the suborn men, which said we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And those, that's, and it, that's fake news. That's they didn't fake, say any such fake, thing. It was fake news. But it, you notice that truth really, really riles up evil. It, it bothers people. That. And yes. I haven't been on the streets as long as you, Mark. But Kevin yeah. will tell you, sometimes you'll get people, I mean, you know, if somebody's doing something, you just walk right by them. If you're not into it, you're not into it. But sometimes it gets some, you know, you get some people. People get they, riled up. They'll get they'll get so angry, you know, when when they hear that truth instead of just walking by and say, "Geez, what's going on in your life?" You know, right? But that's what they did. I mean, they 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 ran. They said, yep. they, you know, again, verse thirteen. They set up false witnesses. That's the same thing to Jesus. They did that to Jesus the night of his exactly. trial, and, and yeah. he they was sought truth. false witnesses, and he was the truth, and that's and that's the way. And it just if you look when 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 it's the, when it's the downhearted truth, when it's biblical truth, when it's Christ, Christian truth, because that's what that's what Stephen was speaking. That's what Jesus Christ spoke. That's right. It just cuts, like the Bible tells it, it cuts to the bone. And it bothered and these philosophers. Yes, sure it did. bothers religious because, people. It yes. bothers philosophers because your sin will find you out. And, because and, when truth is, when you, it's like, it's like a light in a dark room. Sure, sure. You know, and and it, and it finds it out. It gets everybody really. You know, they they can't sit okay, still. Okay, now now the three of us are sitting here. Yeah. Does it have that effect on you? No. no. It's okay. a different heart. Okay. It's a different so heart. So we have a new heart through the new birth. Amen. Mm -hmm. And as newborn babes, we love and desire the word of God. Yes. It doesn't yeah. bother us. It it fulfills and it feeds us and, and I found, gives us I joy. I finally found something perfect. Yes. And it's right here. And and, and it's God's wisdom. And and he wants to give it to us, you know, freely and abundantly. And, and they, it, verse 13, it's a setup. Yeah. They yeah. set him up. Exactly. They set him up. It's a setup. And exactly. what did they do? They lied about him with yeah. false witnesses. It's lying. And, and one of the biggest lies you see right here in verse 14, they said, hey, this, he said, we heard him say this. We heard him say that Jesus of Nazareth, he shall destroy this place. They're talking about the temple. Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't say he was going to destroy it. He said that it would be destroyed and not one stone would be left upon another. Now consider this for a second. This temple took what forty six years to build. Yes, mm -hmm. the stones were massive stones. Yes, massive. I forgot the dimensions, but they were massive stones. Anyways, the point is, here's the man, Jesus Christ, the God Man. He stands there and he boldly gives a prophecy, saying, "This temple is going to be destroyed, and not one stone is going to be left upon another." And you know what? He didn't say he was going to do it. No, he didn't say he was going to do it. But that prophecy came true. Can That's you right. name any other man in history that ever made a bold prophecy like that and it actually came true? That's right. That's right. Only God. By the way, the size of those stones is, is given in the book of 1 Kings chapter 7. And the foundation stones were great stones, stones of 10 
cubits. That's 15 feet by 15 feet square. Stone. And, 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 and stones of eight cubits. That's 12 feet by 12 feet. Those are big things. You have trouble moving those today. And who destroyed it? Rome. Roman yes. soldiers. I think it was Nero. The yeah, 70 AD, it was yes. uh, Titus, and, Titus and Domitian. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, yeah. and Jesus told it before it happened because prophecy is history before it happens. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. He said that would happen. But in terms of him destroying, he loved the temple. One day yes. he saw people selling things in that temple. And he overturned the, the money chain. He said, this is my father's house. It's a house of prayer. And, and he said, think not that I'm come to destroy the law. I didn't come to destroy. I came to fulfill. Amen. He would never destroy God's house. Amen. Amen. So, so again, they're, so they're lying about, about yeah, yeah, Amen. Yeah. But so, I think the, the real lesson here, though, Jen, is like we said, it's, 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 it's amazing because... This happened to our Lord, and any time you get, you get, and, and his face was shining like, like an angel. So you know the Lord, and not to give away the end of the story, but when he's stoned, he sees, he sees God and, and Jesus sitting on the right hand. Yes. So you know they were right with him. Yes. And whatever they were saying, those, those were the words of, of Christ coming out of him, of, of the Holy Ghost coming out of him. And it just it enrages. Well, it enrages. And, and you make a great point, Mike, but... It, it's it's so powerful to us, but we have seen it enrage people. And, and yes. it's, it's the same word. It's the same word. It's the same. We can read the same verses to you, Mark, and to me, and to Mike, and it goes into our heart. And we're like, wow, that's terrific. And we can get those same words and see somebody get really, really, like, stirred demonically, up. Like, and, like and, outside, and, like, like, irrationally. Irrationally, yes. get, get stirred up by it, and, and well, sometimes that's what somebody needs. They need yeah. to get stirred up. Sometimes, in this case, they got stirred up and they and they started lying. But they'll do, they any, but they'll do anything, right? With, right. When, but sometimes people get stirred up with the gospel and the truth, and they say that just can't be. That just can't be. I'm going to seek this out, and that's no, that, when that, they that's can great. get saved because the truth will lead them to I Jesus would, Christ. I would love it. I've yet to have anybody. But again, you know, so we say consider these things and. But if you get somebody riled up and say, I will, I, you know, I'm going to seek this out. You've done your job. I mean, the Lord, then you start praying. Well, because at holy, least you're going to try to seek it out. Holy, you, you give them God's word. The Holy Ghost moves in. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, if anybody that's, I think that's the kernel of the whole issue here. I mean, when you get right down to it, does that individual want to know truth? Yeah. Jesus said, if you seek, you will find. Amen. If you want to know, that was what happened to me at 39. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I finally looked up on, are you really there? God, I'd like to know. And at that point, when there, I had an interest, God was able to lead me to his book. But, but the thing that Jesus told his men at the Last Supper was, look, if the world hates you when you're out serving me, you know it hated me before it hated you. If you were of this world, the world would love you because you're one of his own. But you're not of the world. I've chosen you out of the world. Therefore, the world hateth you. And remember the word I said to you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And so yeah. these things they're going to do to you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. This is sober stuff that Jesus they, is saying. They'd rather believe a lie. He, he that hateth me hateth my father also. You know, the irony is, a lot of the religious people that get angry when you're on the street preaching or we're on the street preaching claim they know God, but Jesus says they don't know God. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, he says they, they uh, honor with me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But Why? Because religion is a person trying to save themselves yeah. by their own goodness. And, and, you know, we looked at Galatians a few days ago where in Galatians 2.16, it says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. And yeah. that's the cut between you see these religious people and then in the first half of the chapter, we saw faithful men of God, disciples. And, and we, we love the words of God. Yeah. I mean, when I pass by a street preacher, I smile and sometimes stop my car and get out and work with him for yeah. a little bit. The, the, truth, the truth is, you look in John, the truth is light, is the yes. light of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And in John um, in 319, it says, and, and this is the combination that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. So he Men means like, lies like philosophy, than, exactly. like religion, that's darkness. Because their deeds yeah. were evil. Basically, he's saying over here, they, they loved their lies. They don't, yeah. I don't want to hear it. Right. I don't want to hear it. Well, it's, it, it's some people say, if, if I don't hear it, then I complete ignorance. It's something to the mirror, <laughs> yeah, not right, to, the, right. to the mirror. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I and don't I tell people, so. you can't put your head in your sand on this. <laughs> right. You have to consider. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a good, now next week we've got a great chapter. We're oh, gonna, amazing. We're going to get into chapter seven. Don't miss it's, chapter it, seven. It may be the longest uh, chapter in the book of the Acts of the Apostles and watch how God uses this man who he described a man who was full of wisdom and full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost and went out with the word of God and watch how he stands in the midst of a religious council and gives them the truth. That's what we want to do with you on Sundays. We want to give you the truth from the word of God. Do you want to know what truth is? You can find it here in this book. We'd like you to visit our website. We're sponsored by the Grace and Truth Church. Uh, go to Grace and Truth Church. One long word, spell out the A-N-D, graceandtruthchurch.org. And uh, hit the sermons tab, hit the YouTube. There's a lot of good messages from the church, from the Bible, because if you want to know truth, you got to do like Jesus said, search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to What is Truth? the radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Listen every weekend at this time for What is Truth? Only on WECK.